Hello from the newsroom of the Financial Times in London. I'm Barney Jobson. Today we're looking at the humanitarian crisis in Yemen. The US this week called for peace talks to begin within a month to end hostilities that have pitted a Saudi-led coalition against Houthi rebels. Our Middle East correspondent Heba Saleh spoke to Lise Grande, the UN's humanitarian coordinator in Yemen, about how bad the crisis is and what needs to be done to stave off a catastrophic famine. We know the UN has already warned that there is a risk of a big famine in Yemen, like half of Yemenis are at risk of a big famine. How bad is the situation? Right now, out of the entire population in Yemen, more than 50%, close to 60% of all the people in the country are food insecure. That means that they're struggling to support their families. Out of the 18 million who we classify as being food insecure, there are eight and a half million people right now who when they wake up in the morning they have no idea where they will find their next meal or if they will have one now we have warned that if conditions do not improve and improve very quickly we think another five and a half maybe even 5.6 million more people will be in those pre-famine conditions and this is why the united nations last week invoke Security Council Resolution 2417, which obliges the UN to warn the members of the Security Council when we think that there is a conflict-related famine. And we took that step last week. That demonstrates how seriously the UN regards this crisis. As the UN, can't you get food in? Every single month, the United Nations World Food Program is distributing food to 8 million people. The work that they are doing with the frontline NGOs is absolutely heroic. Now, we know that because conditions are deteriorating so quickly that we have to do even more. Now, I'll admit to you that the operation in Yemen is the largest in the world. It's also one of the most difficult operations. We're working under dangerous, very complex conditions. It's going to be hard for us to continue to scale up, but we are committed to doing so. We know that literally millions of lives are at stake and millions of people depend on the United Nations to do what is necessary. Is there enough food in the country, but people don't have access to it, or there's just no food? We characterize this as an income famine, and what that means is that what is driving the famine are economic conditions. Many destitute families simply do not have the money that they need to buy the things that they require in the market. There's also the problem of the importers. 90% of all food in Yemen is actually brought into the country. It's imported. Well, for importers to do what they have to do, they require foreign currency. And there is a severe shortage of that in Yemen. And that's one of the factors that is driving the depreciation of the currency and that is limiting the ability of importers to bring in the foodstuffs that will keep people alive. One of the reasons the UN came out last week and said we are facing pre-famine conditions in Yemen is because the value of the real has depreciated so quickly and to such an extent that tens of thousands of families just can't afford any more what they need. When the real depreciates even by just a few centimes, literally tens of thousands of families are thrown out of the market and they have no option for food except us. Do militias grab the food or once the food is out there you're able to distribute it? The food operation that we're running in Yemen is being done under extremely difficult conditions. Now we bring in hundreds of thousands of metric tons of food 
and then it is transported to the areas of the country where people are most at risk. We then use partners on the ground in order to distribute that food. Now, it's the responsibility of the UN to do everything we can to make sure that the food reaches the people who need it. When we know that food isn't getting to the right place, it's our job to take steps, and we do. Recently, in a very hard-hit area, we halted the operation until we were able to get in place the parameters that were necessary to get the food where it had to go. So a militia was not allowing this food to reach people? Well, it was authorities on the ground who wanted the UN to use a certain partner, and that partner just didn't have the track record and didn't have the capacity to do the job the way it needed to be done. And so we insisted that the partner which we knew could do that work was the one that was chosen. You know, this is something that the UN does everywhere. We have an obligation to the donors and we're accountable to the people to do things the right way. And that's why we will sometimes take steps to say, nope, we can't go forward with this operation until the right conditions are in place. What is the situation with ports? Because presumably the food is shipped in. What's happening in Hodeida and other ports? So the port of Hudeida and a port that's just north of there, Salaf, these are crucial ports. We describe them as the lifeline for northern Yemen. 80 to 90% of everything northern Yemen needs comes through these two ports. And because most of the population in Yemen is in the northern part of the country, the ports are just disproportionately important. And that's why it's been so important throughout the entire conflict that those ports stay open. They're functioning now. Even as fighting escalated in Hudeida starting in June, all in the last three months those ports have remained open and the UN is continuing to bring food in. And we've made the point, and we've made it as strongly as we can, that if those ports close, even for just a few days, the impact will be immediate and it will be catastrophic. They are the lifeline for millions of people. And the coalition were blockading the port. Is that no longer the case? No, the ports are open. And we have received commitments from all of the parties to the conflict that they will stay open. And if they close, millions of lives are at the line. Obviously, it would be great if a political solution could be reached and that would solve problems. But in the short term, to avert this famine, what are the steps? Because the famine is being driven by economic factors, the key to stopping the spread of pre-famine conditions is to stop the depreciation of the currency, stop inflation, make sure that shippers have the foreign currency that they need so they can bring in the food that people depend on. We also have to make sure that families have income, that they're part of public works programs so that they're earning income that they can spend on the market. Those really are the constellation of factors that have to be in place so this situation doesn't deteriorate further. How can you stop the depreciation of the real, like in practical terms, It's very clear that the government of Yemen and the central bank of Yemen, really, they play the decisive role here. If the government of Yemen is able to inject liquidity into the economy so that importers have the money that they need to bring in the shipments, this is going to make a huge difference. We've also made the point the importers need lines of credit, and this is something the central bank can issue right now. These are two steps which would make a huge difference. We know that the government of Yemen is deeply committed to looking at these issues and to solving them. The point that the UN is making is the time to solve them is now. That's why we went to the Security Council last week and said, Yemen is facing a famine that could engulf the country. 
and could be one of the largest in recent memory. We've made that alert, and we're hoping that everyone steps forward and finds solutions so that the people of Yemen have a chance for the future. So this is the government and the central bank in Aden that are protected by the coalition? Well, certainly the government of Yemen and the central bank, based in Aden, they are the ones that play the decisive role. They're the ones that are responsible for monetary policy. And because this is an income famine, everything depends upon the handling of the currency, the handling of monetary policy. That's why their role is so crucial just now. The food that you are able to distribute, is that enough to sustain people? The United Nations provides a supplemental ration, so it will keep you alive, but not over the medium to long term. It's a supplemental emergency food ration. That means that if you're destitute and you have absolutely no way of surviving except on UN food, you cannot do that for the medium term. And this is one of the things we're most worried about in Yemen. There have been literally millions of people who have had no other source of food than the UN for several years now. And these people, they are in terrible trouble. Their immune cycles are breaking down. These are the people that we worry the most about right now. Are children already dying of starvation? Oh, it's very clear that there are millions of children that are malnourished across the country. Seven million people are malnourished and three million of those are children. If you go to many of the hospitals and the therapeutic feeding centers and the malnutrition centers, what you see breaks your heart. It absolutely is devastating to see young boys and young girls that don't have a chance. They're starving to death. We see it every day. Do you get the impression that the world is not paying enough attention to Yemen? It's very clear that the crisis in Yemen is one of the most dramatic and deeply worrying crises in the world. The UN characterizes what's happening in Yemen as the worst crisis globally. 75% of the entire population needs some form of assistance. and There's no other country in the world where a higher percentage of the population needs help. If this crisis is not resolved, Will the consequences be bad just for the people of Yemen, a humanitarian crisis, or are there other reasons why the world should take notice? Humanitarian crises are rarely self-contained. They have consequences that extend far beyond. I think in the case of Yemen, what's absolutely clear is that the magnitude of the crisis risks so many things that we care about. You know, when countries break down, when they fall apart, what we see are mass migration, human trafficking, transboundary epidemics. The breakdown of law and order creates conditions that allow for the spread of insurgency. It can allow for the spread of terrorist groups that have international aspirations and intent. It's so important that Yemen is stable. It's important for the people of Yemen, first and foremost. It's important for the region, and it's important for all of us. That was Heba Saleh talking to Lise Grande, the UN's humanitarian coordinator in Yemen. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with another news feature tomorrow. In the meantime, look out for our news headline show called FT News Briefing, which you can find on all the usual podcast platforms and at ft.com slash newsbriefing.